0: I remember thinking the first time I saw ripped jeans that they were pretty cool. Um, I must have been nine or ten uh, before having my perception dashed instantly by my mother who with real disdain pointed out that there was no reason to buy clothing that was already ripped and I decided to agree with my mom. But even though I never bought them, I still thought they were cool. I realized early on that I didn't want the actual genes, though. I wanted the life that they seemed to exemplify. Or I wanted others to think that that was the life I had. Rip jeans meant that you lived freely, that your possessions were not important to you. Maybe you skateboarded, or maybe you played in a band. But the point was that along the way, your genes had taken a beating and hung in there, and you kept choosing them. And they were part of your story while signifying that you lived a good story. And people who bought pre-ripped jeans want to say, I live that way too. Or um, that's the lifestyle I think is aligned with my personality. But it was a shortcut to that. I always understood it was a shortcut. Some objects, like ripped jeans, get to take up cultural significance but these days there are a lot of items that try to perform the same trick Um, I bought a pair of New Balance 5740s three years ago and only realized once I got them home that they came pre-scuffed I liked them enough to not return them but my mother's reasoning was still in my head it was important to me to live in such a way that my shoes might get scuffed, the freedom, the actual doing of life that gave the stain, rip, scuff, patina meaning. Otherwise, it was just a low-quality product for a high fashion price, or in this case, a shortcut, uh, a costume. But the conundrum came when I did buy an item that I wanted, a high-quality item. I hesitated to wear it. So my favorite shirts and hoodies, shoes, watches, even my hats would be protected and stored and saved for a perfectly sunny and temperate day for an occasion. So although I loved looking at them, I would end up choosing my daily shoes over my Jordans for 99% of occasions. And my normal shoes would get beat up. They would get Worn out, and even my mother would say not to wear them, but I trusted them. I would end up keeping them long past when I should have gotten rid, because I loved them. And I remember a pair of bright green, Saucony sneakers that I bought for 40Ws on sale at DSW. I wore them so much that my knees would hurt when I ran from the completely worn down soles. The sides had holes in them from the pickup soccer games I used to play, in the gym, but my Jordans were spotless and I did not love them enough to wear them. There's a sort of tragedy in that because the reasoning used creates a cycle where we do not use objects of quality construction in an effort to preserve them, and instead we use objects of low quality but come to love them. If only we remembered that a quality boot could be resold by a cobbler, or well-made pants can be re-hemmed, and well-made watches can be repaired. We fall in love with things that allow, that we allow, into our lives, and often those are the low-quality items because they use convenience to sneak into our hearts, where they never truly belonged. So, how do you come to love an object? I understand wanting something. Everyone's, every one of us has wanted something, but... um Through a store window or online or passing by us in the street, we've all seen something we wanted and had it spin around in our minds, imagining the life that owning it would mean we lived. And sometimes we would get it. But the love is not the same as the wanting. So when the wanting ends, when you actually get it, you think you'll transition right into loving, but you don't. The object ends up being sidelined from life from sharing in your life, to protect it. But that protection really isn't for the object. It's for the wanting. You want to preserve, and you try to preserve, the wanting you had for the thing before you got it, because the wanting is so pure and energizing. It feels more invigorating to desire deeply than to love steadily. But you can't preserve the wanting... So, the shoe stays on the shelf, the watches stay in their display case, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one way to end up loving an object is to buy a used object. So, you get over yourself and over the fear of desecrating the object, and you find yourself in the position of a continuing, like a sort of lineage of the ownership of that object. So, using it is expected. And through that use and that sharing of life, you come to count on it, and it becomes your first choice when you head out in the morning and one day someone compliments your coat and you go, thanks, I thrifted it, but I love it. And you do, but someone did the hard part for you. I think the truth is that you can't really love something and protect it at the same time. To love is not the same as to want. So part of loving is eliminating the choice that comes with trust. Right, So trust makes life simple. Your trusted objects make a morning less complicated. Less complicated. The trusted pants and boots for work, the trusted jacket, the consistent one, the earrings that go with everything, the socks that don't bunch up. In situations when time is short, when something's on the line, when you need things to work, the trusted objects save you time and stress precisely because you know they can handle it. And you don't worry about them, so they are one less complication. And there's no glory in those moments for the most part. I keep coming back to shoes, but they are a perfect example. Everyone has a beat-up pair of shoes that they love quietly and keep far past the time when the shoes look presentable. And when it is time to give them up, you're sad to let them go. You're not really mourning the individual moments you shared with them, even though they may come up. What actually saddens you is the compounded gratitude you had for them, built up over hundreds of mundane days now hitting you all at once. It's sad to love something honestly because honest love includes a life, and a life always ends in one way or another. The life of a shoe may end far before your life does, And that little death is a sad price to pay. But as a little case study for immortality, you can rest assured that you would not be so attached if you had kept the shoes pristine and tried to resell them years later. I think you love an object fully by doing the hard part and including it fully in your life, letting it adventure with you until it is ripped and stained You buy a quality item, and then it should accompany you through a quality life. It should be tested as you are tested. And at the end, it should help signify that, yes, you did live. You actually had the life it looks like you had, and it involved a beating, which you made it through, which you are better for enduring. You look at that object fondly, regarding it as a sort of companion, and therefore you regard your past as something shared. And that makes it valuable. The personal connection is invisible to everyone else. They only see the battered old thing, but in an unexpected way, that only makes it more yours. See, even if it was a very expensive item, uh, that held its value by being kept in good condition, that value would not be personal. It would be distinctly impersonal, right? Often monetary, completely determined by the perspectives and evaluations of others and easily usurped in the public eye by somebody else's more pristine copy. At which point, you never really owned the item. It owned you. You just cared for it while others complimented its untouched state. And, And really, why would you want that? Will will that really happen with your prized pair of jeans or your favorite sunglasses? Like when you stop protecting the way you wanted something and you let it earn your trust instead, you take the only true path to love. And when you bring an item into your life, you allow it to honestly tell your story and you are charged by it to live a story worth telling. There's nothing more incriminating than a clean pair of hiking boots or a spotless pair of Carhartt pants or unworn running shoes or unused notepads or full tubes of paint. One can see in them the life you did not live, the life you wanted to live but didn't have the guts to or didn't make time for or didn't prioritize the persona that you wanted to embody but that you don't truly abide by. Love offers you a chance not to be a fraud. And objects that you love show you the path, if you let them.